What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number four of Not Just the Tip with me, Jason Moncanel, back from the dead. Uh, obviously, we had the week off last week. Uh, I do apologize for that. We had a bit of uh, family sickness in the household, so myself, my wife, and Nate all went down with a uh, case of the cold. Uh, obviously, not not COVID related, fortunately for us, but. Yeah, when you've got an entire sick family, no one sleeping, uh, and attempting to record a podcast in lockdown with a sick toddler was going to be almost impossible. So, uh, at least I didn't give you any more dodgy tips last week. Now, obviously, the Olympics are finished. Um, It was really great to have the Olympics on uh, for that two-week period so we could actually watch some things while we're locked down. Um... Obviously, look, amazing efforts all around from the Australians, uh, particularly the girls, absolutely killed it, especially the girls in the pool, but everyone's done that stuff to death, so I want to talk to you just briefly about the events that really mattered to me, and the first of those events was the Boomers winning the bronze medal. Now, this was so good to see. We finally got the the monkey off our backs. Uh, The Boomers have never medaled in a major competition. And that, so that means World Championships and the Olympics. I believe we have finished fourth four straight times in the Olympics. And I know we just finished fourth in the World Championships as well. And I got to admit, I was really, really scared going into this game uh, because I saw this happen at the World Championships and I saw this happening at the last Olympics as well where we, we looked amazing through the group stages and then we saved our worst two games for the semifinal and also for the bronze medal playoff. But fortunately for us, uh, Paddy Mills has just had enough of losing. So, obviously, Boomers defeated Slovenia 107 to 93 points. Key stats out of the game Australia shot 54.8% from the field. That is an extremely high field goal percentage, especially in international basketball where the refs are far more lenient on defensive players. Uh, That's why I really enjoy watching these games, because defensive players are actually allowed to defend, unlike the NBA where, uh, you know, pretty much you you breathe out too hard on a player and they call a foul for it. Now, hopefully some of those rules are uh, uh, looking like they're going to change in the NBA next season, which is extremely exciting to to see happen, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But yeah, key stats out of the game, Australia, 54.8% field goal percentage, very, very high level shooting, but Paddy Mills, what a superstar, 42 points, 9 assists in 38 minutes, so he played all but 2 minutes in this game, and was at a high level the entire game through, he just came out, he, he just wanted to put us on his back and just take this home back to Australia. So it was a pretty amazing performance. It's his career high at the Olympics. Uh, Paddy Mills also made the um, the MVP team from the Olympics as well, and I believe obviously that uh, that performance was a really really big part of that. But someone else I'd like to single out is a bit of a a sort of new superstar coming through our ranks, which is Matisse Thybul. So he was an absolute all-round superstar in this game. So he played 30 minutes. And listen to this stat line. So he scored 11 points off 5 out of 6 shooting. He had 0 turnovers. He had 3 steals, 1 block, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, and 3 of them were on the offensive end. Now anyone who's played basketball before knows offensive rebounds are number one, extremely difficult to get, but number two, those second chance points are worth their weight in gold. Uh... His athleticism on both ends of the floor was 
a really, really big key for us in this game. Because one thing that doesn't show up on these statistics is the amount of shots he forces the opposition player to change mid-shooting motion. So he might not get a steal, he might not get a block, but I would love to see the stats on the amount of opposition shots that he affected and that were therefore missed because of his defensive pressure. His athleticism, his ability to close out on the, on the three-point line, uh, it he was really big for us, really, really big for us in certain points in that game. So obviously you've got guys in our team like Patty Mills, like Joe Ingles, who Look, they may not be going around again next time, uh, but having guys like Matisse Thibel coming through, you know, hopefully maybe next time around Ben Simmons might come through and play for us as well. I know there's a lot of pressure on him to come through and play for the Australian team. Uh, I totally understand why he didn't. Obviously, he's staying back to try to actually work on his jump shot because he's getting massive amounts of criticism in the NBA for not having a proper jump shot at the moment. So, look, if for all intents and purposes, if he comes back into the team, uh, or comes into the team rather, next Olympics, we might even go one better than bronze. I also think that just having the monkey off our back just releases that pressure valve. You could see how much the pressure got to us when we played the USA in the semifinals, because we knew that this was going to be our best opportunity to win a medal. I do know that Aaron Baines going down injured early on in the tournament really, really affected us as well in that uh, USA game. We just missed his size. He may not have scored a bunch of points, although he can hit a couple of three-pointers when he feels like it, but we really missed his size just, um, just to block the lanes, to get defensive rebounds. The amount of offensive rebounds the Team USA was able to get was just too many for us to be even go close in winning that game. So... Look, I think we are we are set up to have a really, really bright future in Australian basketball, and it'll be really, really good to watch. Speaking of good to watch, something else that I don't typically watch, but I was tipped onto by, uh, shout out to my mate Duncan, was the men's 109 plus kilo weightlifting final, where Georgia's Lasha Talahadze won the gold medal. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched this, but... Uh, as someone who's obviously just recently gotten back into some form of lifting recently and uh, was quite proud to say that my current deadlift was sitting at 160 kilos, watching these guys go at it was insane. But Lasha was just an absolute beast. So he set all new world records. So if any of you who don't know how uh, weightlifting works, there's two lifts, which is the snatch and the clean and jerk. And essentially what you do is you get three chances at each of those lifts and they take your highest uh, weighted score per lift and then add them together and then that deems who wins the competition. So not only did Lasha snatch 223 kilos, which is a new Olympic and world record, he also clean and jerks 265 kilos, which is a new Olympic and world record, and then his total of 488 kilograms was also a new Olympic and world record. Just an absolute freak. So uh, Duncan was hitting me up before this event uh, because he thought there was, an, uh, was a chance that Lasher was actually going to lift the 500 kilo mark. I do not think he's far off at all. So this actually has me really pumped to see him compete next time around. But geez, uh, that, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. And uh, great job to Lasha Talahadzi. Now, let's go on to the NRL. So 
in last week's round of the NRL, so I've actually left up my key observations from two weeks ago because they're becoming more and more relevant. Uh, and I've updated the average winning margins as well. So just to um, refresh your memory, particularly for audio listeners, uh, my key observations from a few weeks ago were that refs were being more lenient on high contact, teams were exploiting the six again rule, and average margins are reducing. So just on that last point of the average margins are reducing, uh, that is definitely the case, particularly when you look at last weekend. So the average winning margin of last weekend was only 12 points. So that, that's come right down from a top of 26.75 points uh, back in round 16. Um, and obviously that resulted in a lot of really close games last weekend. So pretty much all the games are really exciting and good to watch last weekend, which is really, it's been nice for a change. Um, that first point, refs more lenient on high contact. I don't know about more lenient. I, I definitely think they are obviously way more lenient than they were a few uh, weeks ago but they're being really inconsistent with their sin binnings and send just send-offs. So last weekend in the Roosters-Panthers game, uh, I think you had, what, Jared Warrior Hargraves sent to the bin for 10 minutes for, what, for being Jared Warrior Hargraves. Uh, you had a, a few other different cases of sin binnings, which they just prob- possibly shouldn't have been. I think Jared's one was just for holding down. It wasn't even for high contact. So... I think that was more of a reputation send-off rather than for, you know, an actual proper professional foul. Uh, But that came from him trying to exploit that six-again rule. So at that particular stage of the game, uh, the Roosters had already given up a six-again, and then Jared Warrior Hargraves was just trying to milk every possible second out of that six-again call that he could, and they sent him off for it. So, look, that was surprising to see. Um, Sort of... Maybe took some of the fairness out of a, a very, very close, tight, and exciting game. Uh, obviously, the, the Roosters versus the Panthers. The Panthers only ended up winning by about six points. Matt Burton uh, put him put his picture up here. He was an absolute superstar in that game. Scored two tries. Uh, looked dangerous every single time he got the ball. So, I know that Panthers fans will be very, very happy to see how his form is going. Uh, and how he's carrying the team with Nathan Cleary out. Because they still do look very clunky on the offensive end. And look, that makes sense when you lose someone like a Cleary out of that team because Matt Burton is a very similar player to Jerome Luai. So most successful teams will have a halfback who's very good at as far as structures go, leading their teams around the park, um, you know, good kicking games, tactical kicking games, those sorts of things. And they'll have a 5'8 who loves to play off the cuff. So a lot of teams have really good running 5'8s or just very good creative players. And... So, obviously, in the Panthers team, you've got Nathan Cleary, very good structured halfback, leads the team around the park, knows exactly what he's doing. And then you've got Jerome Luai, who's able to play off that with his off-the-cuff sort of play. Makes him very, very dangerous. So, when you have Luai at halfback and Matt Burton at 5'8", and Burton is very, very similar in in regards to that off-the-cuff sort of play, you know, the Panthers don't really have that guiding force leading, leading them around the park. And I do believe that's one of the reasons why that game was so close. Uh, but obviously, sending off Jared Warrior Hargraves for holding a player down, you know, that... that There was there were so many other examples that weekend where you probably could have sent a player off for a professional foul and they didn't. And then I do definitely feel like that was more of a reputation thing. But look, very interesting to see that the average winning margin's down to 12 points now. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this weekend. Now... A game that I've got my eye on this weekend is 
In my opinion, the match of the round, the Brisbane Broncos versus the Sydney Roosters. Now, the reason why I've got my eye on this is it's being played on Friday the 13th. Now, obviously, everyone knows Friday the 13th is a very superstitious day for a lot of people. And if I was a Roosters fan, I'd be extremely scared uh, about playing the Broncos. So, it's being played at Suncorp Stadium, so you've got a Broncos home ground. Now, there won't be any fans there, so that probably doesn't really matter. But, key points out of last weekend. So, last week, the Roosters had 60% of their salary cap out injured. So, again, for, for the uninitiated, in the NRL, you've got a salary cap of about, it's about $9 million uh, this year. And that, that is how uh, much you're allowed to spend on your squad for the year. So Roosters had 60% of that salary cap amount out last weekend. Now, to also put in perspective, James Tedesco, who is playing and is earning every cent that he's being paid, he's on a million bucks a year. Uh, so he's on about 11% of that salary cap. So in other words, they had 60% out, plus his 11%. You've got the rest of your team that you're able to get on the park, so 16 other players, is only 29% of your salary cap. It's a scary proposition. Look, the Roosters have actually turned me into a fan this year. Uh, they're always one of those teams that, as a Broncos supporter, I just hate because essentially they're the, Sid- they're the Sydney Broncos. They're that club that's the glamour club that's got all the money, who could afford every player under the sun. A lot of people in the past have always talked about you know the salary sombrero that they've got where it's, it's crazy to think how they managed to fit all of their superstar players under their salary cap and then also continue to recruit more superstar players on top of it. But the steal that the Roosters have shown this year with the absolute decimation of their roster by injuries has made me into a fan. Uh, I tipped them last week to beat the Panthers. I honestly thought they were going to win that game. And if they don't set off Jared Warrior Hargraves and have a, a period without, you know, with an extra man down for that 10 minutes, maybe it becomes a much closer game than six points in the end of it. Um, so for them to be able to compete in that game at all is crazy to see. I just feel like it's getting too far now. So if you have a look at my list here, key losses for this week... They're losing Angus Crichton and Jared Wairia Hargraves. Now, say what you want about Wairia Hargraves. He is the heart and soul of that forward pack. He leads by example every single week. He brings that grunt up the middle. He he will He's the sort of guy who would look at Payne Haas and go, come over here, young blood, I'm taking you down. I'm gonna take you on myself. He's a massive loss for that team that can't be understated. I know he hands away some penalties here and there, but you just cannot understate how big a part of that team he is. And Angus Crichton as well, he's been one of their rocks too in this in this season. I mean, he's had a couple of games out as well, but the amount of work he gets through on the edge, uh, good defensive work, very good attacking player as well, 80-minute player's got a great motor, runs great lines. Like, he, his meaning to the team probably can't be understated either. So, look, I really think that this is a danger game for the Roosters, and I think this is a massive opportunity for the Broncos. So the Broncos this week have welcomed back a couple of players. We've got Thomas Flegler back, who is our origin forward. Uh, you've got Albert Kelly, who's come back in at halfback. Albert Kelly, I love watching. He's very he plays so different to to what most general halfbacks play. 
And I think that you'll remember the Broncos beat the Roosters earlier this season with Albert Kelly at halfback because he's very unpredictable. Very, very unpredictable. I just feel like the the injuries and just this stage of the season too, obviously, it's getting very long in the tooth in the season. I don't know how much these senior players from the Roosters can keep just turning up every week. Obviously, James Tedesco is playing absolutely out of his skin for a guy in a team under so much pressure. I just don't know how much longer these guys can keep turning up for. So that is why my tips for this week are all centered around this game. My lock of the week is the Broncos to beat the Roosters, which is currently paying $4.50. $4.50 for a team that's got 60% of their salary cap injured and who's just lost two of their senior leadership team players. $4.50 is ridiculous value. So that's my lock of the week. I'm also rolling that into my speculator multi of the week, which is Broncos to defeat the Roosters at $4.50. I think it's going to be a really gritty... To be honest, it's probably going to be a shit game to watch. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think it's going to be ugly. I think there's going to be a lot of dropped ball because obviously the Roosters have heaps of their players out, and the Broncos love to drop all the ball all the week anyway. I think the defense is going to be pretty good from both sides, so I've gone neither team to score 30 points at $2.78, and anytime try score of Corey Oates. Corey Oates has come back into a certain degree of form, and I do feel like, obviously we've got Xavier Coates back as well, but I do feel like Corey Oates is always good for a try. He is a, a very, very good finisher, um, look, Xavier Coates is leaving the team at the end of this year, so if I was coaching, I would probably be trying to attack down the side of the players who are sticking around, so you can work on those combinations, and anytime try score for Corey Oates is paying $2.20. So all up, that gives you a total odds of $13.75. Look, my that may or may not happen, obviously. Most of my tips, well, all of my tips so far haven't happened anyway, but I just look at this and I just say, on Friday the 13th, at a Suncorp Stadium that'll be completely empty. If I was a Roosters fan, I would just be shitting my pants at the prospect of losing to the Broncos twice in one season, and I can just see it happening. So, to to reconfirm those for you, my lock of the week is the Broncos to beat the Roosters at $4.50. My speculator multi is Broncos to beat the Roosters, neither team to score 30 points uh, or more, and anytime try scorer Corey Oates for total odds of $13.75. Happy punting. Enjoy the games this weekend. I'm sure there's going to be some crackers. And uh, for any of you that are interstate or, you know, obviously we're probably not too far away from lockdown again here in Queensland. I know Kansas is in lockdown. Obviously, thinking of you guys, sport is one of the best things that we can do at this point in time. So I'm, I, for one, am really, really fortunate and and happy to have it on our screens so please enjoy the games this weekend let me know what you guys will be betting on as well and uh like i said enjoy the festivities we'll see you next week